allow the expectant pause. You say something to your child, and then you pause and expect them to say something back to you. Their processing speed, of course, is slower than ours. If I ask my son a question and he doesn't answer me right away, my instinct tells me, oh, he wasn't listening. What I'm having to remind myself of, and I'm not always good at this, is it's possible that he's just thinking about what you said and trying to figure out the best response, and it's taking him a lot longer than it would take you. Welcome to Dad Splaining, a weekly chronicle of all the weirdest, messiest, grossest, and funniest parts of fatherhood hosted by two first-time dads. I'm Jesse. And I'm Brandon. And today we will be talking about the process of developing language. As your toddlers learn to speak, they will come up with some really interesting ways of saying the things that they either want to get or the things they like and don't like. And as parents, you kind of just learn to figure out what they're talking about. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to share some tips about how to guide your kid in the process of developing language. And we are going to uh, have a little fun along the way. But before we get into it, Brandon, if our listeners want to reach out to us with questions or comments, or if they'd like to share their own parenting stories, where can they find us? Please give us a like or a follow on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Dadsplaining Podcast. You can send us an email, contact us directly at dadsplainingpodcast at gmail.com. And then you can check out this and every episode anywhere you get your podcasts. We drop new episodes usually every Monday morning that sometimes falls on Tuesday or Wednesday morning, depending on how much free time I have to edit the episodes. But be sure to subscribe to us on your preferred podcasting platform so that you can get those episodes fresh. We would also greatly appreciate you if you could leave us a rating and even a review on Apple Podcasts or even, you know, just tweeting out a recommendation or sharing us on your Facebook. We got a really cool recommendation that I will share at the end of the episode from a follower on Twitter. So we're very excited about that. And we appreciate everyone who's been listening all along the way. We are going to dive right into this week's topic because it is something that Brandon and I are actively going through and it's really interesting and I've got some tips that I think are going to be really useful. We chose this topic because right now my son David is a little over three years old and Noah just turned three, didn't he Brandon? Three. Happy belated birthday to Noah. I've got a two and a three. If uh, so, everyone who isn't watching us on Facebook Live right now, Brandon just made like, I guess that adds up to five. I don't know. He's 23. Yeah. He's 23 years old. All right. (laughs) But, uh, you know, we're going through the process where, and every kid does this uh, at their own pace and they, you know, develop the ability to speak full sentences and complex ideas at different ages. But it's something that we're both going through right now. And it can be kind of frustrating sometimes, kind of funny sometimes. But uh, we're going to share. Uh, hopefully some tips to give you some encouragement, some motivation, and uh, some new tricks to use. Brandon, um, I'll start with you. How is Noah doing right now, just in the process of developing uh, his vocabulary? I think he's doing awesome, and I try not to be biased, but most of the time, like, I don't ever think about his communication in any other way other than, like, awe or just, like, couldn't be concerned because he's talking, he can do sentences practically, you know, we can carry on conversations for the most part, you know, very simple ones, of course, I'm not raising like a total savant. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think he's picked it up like really, really well. And like, we'll talk about reasons why I think like reading has been a big one. Just talking is a big one. These are some of the tips from the the list that we'll talk about, but some of the obvious tips, but a couple things for me that like really stick out other than just like the fact that he can talk is um, like, if I say something to him, if there's a word he doesn't 
heard before, he will try to repeat it. And he's usually pretty good at um, echoing words or phrases. So um, I kind of notice if I'm saying something that I don't think I've said to him before, uh, like a particular word, or if he's asking me what something is, uh, to like slowly say it, and then he'll repeat it. And then, you know, I don't try to drill it with like, okay, let's repeat that 10 times until you've got it. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause it's just a fluid thing. And I don't like need him to pick up every word out there. Um, I'd rather him like be interested in whatever it is, but it's just been a lot of fun to see what he can say. And so I just, I feel like really for maybe even the last couple months now, I've just kind of gotten used to him talking, me talking with him. And we just converse about everything really. Like I'm not having complex theoretical discussions with him. Yeah. Um, and if I really need to like explain something that he doesn't get and, and if it's like logic based, it's a total no go. So like, let's be clear about like the parameters, like simple conversation. I feel like we're like crushing it, doing Mm -hmm. great. If I need to explain to him, say why it's critical that he goes potty every few hours and not just whenever he feels like it, because the last time we let him just dictate based on when he feels like it, he didn't go potty in the potty and he went potty all over the kitchen. Uh (laughs) If I need to explain that to him, it's a lost cause. So Mm -hmm. maybe that's the difference. Like we can talk to each other, but if it comes down to like explaining something, that's we're not there and he's right. only just turned three so i'm not worried about that but that's you know that's kind of like an easy way to think of where we are like anytime i have to go more than a like a sentence of explanation like it's just not going to connect in any kind of a way unless yeah. i'm doing some kind of bribe he's he's surprisingly savant at bribes because he really <laughs> wants to get them like if i'm if i'm talking about the potty and i'm talking about my concerns with you know his schedule that's going to go over his head. But if I say very, if I'm talking about like, let's do this and then this, and then you'll get a treat. If you sit on the potty, he's like, wait a minute, did I hear treat? Okay. Let me go back and rewind that. And let me process everything I need to do. Now you're speaking my language. (laughs) And now he's like, I'm on board, my friend, I'm on board. Which brings me to a couple of uh, fun examples of words, right? So uh, it's not super off the mark, but chocolate chippy, uh-huh. is one of my one of the, the most prevalent ones right now because yeah. my our thing with him potty training is if he goes on the potty he gets a chocolate chip and we're talking like the little ch- individual chips the ones you cook with that you put in yeah the exactly yeah. so like this was an idea i just was like what can i give him that's a bribe that's not huge and chocolate chips are really tiny so mm-hmm. even if i give him two or three i don't feel that guilty yeah <laughs> as a parent um and so that's become our thing so i love chocolate chippy because of course it's said with the cutest little baby voice mm-hmm. one of my early favorites was instead of saying upside down, he says uppy down. Uppy down. Uppy down. He's like, so-and-so is uppy down. He's like, daddy, I want to go uppy down. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not going to correct this. Like, right. it's just, it's in it's in there. I'm a little sad because I know he knows what the right phrasing is now. He doesn't, yeah. He knows what upside down is because some books will refer to that. And so he can say that, but I always- it's, It is kind of sad when the- It's kind of steer away from here. It. Yeah. <laughs> if, if he's going to figure out the right word, I'm just like, let's- Let's just cruise right on by that. And then another favorite, uh, today we went to a museum near our house. um, And I think we were trying to explain to him what it is. And it's like a natural science history museum. It's called Fernbank. Mm -hmm. uh, And I'll give it a shout out. Great place in in Atlanta. Yeah, the folks in Atlanta know. But yeah, it's a a great Um, place to go. But um, it's got like dinosaurs and exhibits. It's got like a kid's great kid's play area. It's got an indoor playground, like an legit indoor playground. And so it's it's super cool. But like, how do you explain that to a kid? Right. I don't know. What do you call that? Like, I, it's not the zoo. Like, that's mm-hmm. easy. He doesn't need a nickname for the zoo. So we were talking about it being a museum. And he he now calls it the Zoomy Zoom. 
The Zoomy Zoom. <laughs> We're going to the Zoomy Zoom because uh-huh. he knows the zoo and he's got a museum. So mm-hmm. he's decided it's the <laughs> okay. Zoomy Zoom. All Maybe in he's one. going for Zoo Museum. Yeah, probably. There's I dinosaurs guess. and animals, but I just yeah. I love it because it's like today. I was like, do you want to go to the Zoomy Zoom? And he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. Zoomy Zoom, Zoomy Zoom. So I love it. We also have a children's museum in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and we've only been the one time. But when I was trying to explain it to him, it's again, what do you call it? It's the children's museum, right? And right. so he's like, Zoomy Zoom? And I was like, no, it's it's a different <laughs> one. It's a, it's a new Zoomy Zoom. And he's like, yeah. The new Zoomy Zoom. Okay, so now we've got the Zoomy Zoom and the new Zoomy Zoom. <laughs> and the new Zoomy Zoom. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so I have to be really careful if we're going to a place that's kind of mm. like like that, but not yeah. one of them. Because now I've already got Zoomy Zoom and new Zoomy Zoom. So I don't know where I'm going to go. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Next. I, I just have to be really particular about what we call things. Right. Um, and like the zoo can just be the zoo because that's, that's short enough. But I mean, these are the kinds of ones that are some of my favorites is the ones that have no, the, the tiniest sliver of reality, like uppy down, mm-hmm. zoomy zoom. Those are going to be my favorites for forever. <laughs> zoomy zoom. Oh man. I, I love it. It's so exciting. What's, yeah. uh, what's, what's some of the favorites you've got, Jesse? <laughs> so it's interesting. Like I, I almost think of it as this alternate language that is a subset of English that David has kind of hobbled together as he's learning to speak English because, and, and I've mentioned this in previous episodes, David is, I don't know that he necessarily lags behind in developing language, but it is something that he's still in the process of doing, of moving from simple yes and no responses to, you know, more complex sentences and being able to articulate the things that he wants and Mm -hmm. really sounding out words instead of getting them all kind of jumbled. That's still something that's happening a lot. But what happens as a result of that is we get these really kind of hilarious phrases that because, especially now during the pandemic, like I'm spending so much time with him at my wife, Ashley and I will hear him say something and know exactly what he's talking about about even though he's nowhere close to what it's it's supposed to be so at night when it's time for him to brush his teeth i'll say david come get your toothbrush and he'll say tackish or brackish or something like that and somehow that's toothbrush and i know because it's two syllables and it ends with an sh so that's toothbrush and sometimes i'll correct him and i'll say toothbrush and he'll say toothbrush but then then it's right back to tackish it's like, why which, does this foreign language you're having me speak toothbrush? It's called a techish, which is just, it's way cooler. Yeah, it's clearly a techish. Like, yeah, there's a T in there for, for toothbrush. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like brush and then brackish brush. You know, I mean, yeah. come on. That's totally legit. It sounds more like a villain from Game of Thrones, but I'll just gloss over techish. that. Um, it sounds very exciting. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's very exotic. Um, yeah. And like, he'll have nicknames that are in place of something that should be much longer mm-hmm. and more complicated. So let's say, for instance, he wants to watch the episode of Blues, Clues, and You, uh, which is Blues, Clues with the new host, Josh, uh, yeah. which is a fantastic show, by the way. Uh, Dad's Planning recommends Blues, Clues, and You. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I love it. Anyway, so he wants to watch the episode that is the Christmas episode where mm-hmm. uh, they are hunting. The, the clue that they're trying to figure out is what does Blue want for Christmas? And at the end, you find out he wants <clears> to <throat> sing Jingle Bells with you because he was obsessed with that episode for like a month straight and not around Christmas time. He was obsessed course, with February no, with, with that yeah. episode. That was the Jingle Bells episode to him because at the very end, you find out Blue wants to sing Jingle Bells. That's the answer to Blue's Clues. Yep. And so he would just be playing doing his own thing and then all of a sudden look at us and say jingle bells 
or some, you know, Ingle Bells, Jingle Bells, you know, and mm. eventually we figured out that means I want to watch the episode of Blue's Clues where they sing Jingle Bells in the last 30 seconds of the episode. Just made me remember one thing because you said mm. Ingle Bells and I just realized, uh-huh. um, so for breakfast, sometimes we'll have English muffins uh-huh. and Noah calls them Iggle Muffins. Iggle Muffins. Oh, I like Iggle. that. Eagle muffins. That's cute. <laughs> That's a lot to say. English muffins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, he'll say boots. And that means he wants to watch again, a blues clues, the episode where for part of it, blue is wearing yellow rain boots. Uh-huh. And so, and this happened the other day where uh, my mother-in-law is over watching him and she's in the living room with him and I'm sitting at the kitchen table working and he just looks at her and says boots. And she says, do you want to go put your boots on? No boots. And, you know, after a second of that, I'm like, he wants to watch the episode of Blue's Clues where Blue wears boots. And then from there, we had to figure out which episode that was because we couldn't remember. And it's like the rainy day one, which he's not going to say, I want to watch rainy day. No, he Mm -hmm. wants to watch boots. I love this context clues uh, situation. Context clues. Exactly. That's all it is. And it's especially with TV because like we'll, we'll DVR a bunch of episodes, say like Daniel Tiger, and he will know the episode based on the like little screen grab that shows up when you're like (laughs) looking at an episode. So he gets really picky about um, like the snow episode because there's Mm -hmm. a picture of there's snow in the screen grab or the, there's one where Daniel's wearing a fireman's hat Mm -hmm. and he's like, that's the fire trick episode. Uh, But there's actually like four fire trick episodes. Um, (laughs) And so you want to like get him over to the other fire trick episode, but that, that other fire trick episode that's actually better than the first fire trick episode. It does not have a picture of a fire truck on it. And so he doesn't think it's the fire trick episode, but it totally is the fire truck episode. Yeah, exactly. And side note, isn't it funny how as parents, we, we start to develop our own preferences of our kids' TV shows. It's like, which ones do we tolerate? Which ones do we hate? And then within that sub, set like what is the least annoying blippy song that's actually kind of catchy oh it's the dinosaur song uh you know i could tolerate oh, that and it's it's never the, it's never going to correlate with what your kid likes best you know i i uh i discovered a new blippy song which i did not know about uh-huh. uh because i'm i'm a big fan and a big user of the spotify playlist uh uh-huh. blippy's got a couple albums on there there's uh-huh. an entire one dedicated to vehicles but i found that there's a secret vehicle song called the skid steer song Ooh. It's about skid steers, but it's oh. not on the Blippy Vehicles album. You have oh. to specifically look for skid steer song. It's a hidden track. It's a hidden track. It's like the B side, uh, <laughs> which we don't know about. I don't even like that reference isn't even like from our time, but I'm exactly, just aware yeah. of it. Uh, but uh, I found it the other day and it's just like amazing because it's like I've never been more excited about skid steers than when I've listened to that song. <laughs> oh, There's things that toddler parents understand that no one else is going to understand. Yeah, um, I think um, I think like the clear. I'm trying to think if there's like a good one of like I have no idea what he's talking about. Or, like I'm the only one who understands him, and nobody else mm-hmm. understands him. He's usually just like saying things in a cuter way, uh-huh. uh, from what I'm gathering. Like my wife reminded me that like one of the cutest things that's been happening from like a very long time that I don't ever want to go away, even though it's a bad parenting crutch, is that if he wants me to carry him, mm-hmm. he will just look at you and he'll bounce up and down and he'll be like, "I'm gonna hold you." Oh. I'm a hold you because he I'm wants a hold you. He oh wants my god. Me to hold you, you being yeah. him. But like again, we're not really with the first and the second person. Yeah, exactly. There. And so instead of he's like, pick me up, he's like, I'm a hold you because he mm-hmm. thinks of me holding you. And that's what I said one time. And then not to be too much TMI, but like a secondary reference that makes it really cool is sometimes we'll do shower instead of bath time. Yeah. This is normal, right? Yeah. Not not too much TM, not not too much information. Nah. Sometimes we'll do showers and he'll do the 
the I'm a hold you dance in the shower where you mm-hmm. pick him up and you dance around while holding him. Um, and so it's just like, I mean, it's a terrible parenting crutch to like still be carrying my like really heavy three-year-old son, but I'm, oh, like, I know. I, I'm not going to give that up, man. I, know. I can't, I can't give up the, I'm a hold you. He just I looks know. at me and he just hold you. No, I know exactly how you feel. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit at the end of the episode about the consequence of carrying your child so much. Um, a broken arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or a, an inflamed sciatica, a SLI a nerve thing. I don't, I don't know exactly how to describe it. It's a, uh, yeah, yeah. It's i uh, I'm in physical therapy right now, but we'll talk about that later. But speaking of the first person, second person confusion, that's something else that uh, David will do a lot is if he accomplishes a task, like he'll race his toy truck to the finish line, the imaginary finish line. Mm-hmm. He'll go, yay, you did it. Even if it's something that he did, he'll say to me, daddy, you did it. And I'm having to, you know, say, no, you did it. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> Oh, we're no, saying, you've, just, we're saying you've the created same your thing. own Abbott and Costello bit. You're just like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you, no, you. No, Who's on you, first, see? David? What's on second? See? I just think you've you've created a like uh, a great pumping each other up environment there. Yeah. Where like, yeah, there's no need to correct that. It's just always about, you know, you. It's not selfish mm-hmm. at all. Exactly. Well, and the cool thing about that, too, is he also will say very good a lot because we've said very good to him a lot when he learns things and figures things out. So, uh, you know, he'll ask, like, what is this? You know, and I'll say, oh, yeah, that's he's drawing. So that's fire truck, fire truck. Very good. As if, like, I'm the one who's figuring out how to talk. (laughs) That's nice. He he wants you to feel good about yourself for saying a, a complex word. Yeah, exactly. And it does make me feel good about myself, actually. Like, I I, I cannot underscore enough. I'm okay like, with that. There's not exactly. a lot of love. Like, we all need a little bit of uh, positive reinforcement. Like, we're just the cheerleaders. And like yeah. the kids are not, they're not cheerleading us. There's no like, hey, great job of parenting today. Yeah. You know, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Take it where you can get it. That's what I'm like saying. I only had two meltdowns today. It's a success. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but before I get into the tips, the worst example uh, that we've encountered so far of those sort of what I call placeholder words, like the word that they say when they mean something, some broader concept is we have the magnetic sand. And I think, Brandon, mm-hmm. you guys have that, oh, yeah. too. Um, and so for those who don't know, it's sand you can play with indoors because it's not very messy. It clings together really well. You don't have to wet it. And you can like shape it at any shape you want and mm-hmm. then, you know, put it back in the bag when you're done. And what we started to do was I would take little bits of that sand and roll it into a ball and give it to him. And he would add it to the pile of sand balls. And so now uh, if I'm downstairs working and he wants to play with the sand, instead of saying, daddy, let's play with sand. He will just shout out downstairs, daddy balls. And you know, when family's over, that's kind of an awkward sentence for a toddler to say. And I have to quickly explain, he wants to play with the sand. He wants to roll it into balls. That's what that means, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I was just reminded of one more um, great shout out. My kid's obsessed with construction equipment. Mm-hmm. And so part of his uh, vocabulary, like half of it is all construction related, which again, at this point in the game, anything is, is, is good. Any words yeah. or phrases, right? So he knows like every piece of equipment and all the different kinds. And he's, he's like nails all the names of all of them. Doesn't matter what it is. There's one in particular, though, that he hasn't perfected, but I'm also not correcting it because there's a particular type of dump truck called an articulated hauler. What? It's the articulated hauler. So it's like a dump truck with a very shallow and wide like uh, dump 
the back end of the dump truck, yeah, uh, a bucket, whatever you want to call it. It's an articulated hauler, and that's a tough one to say. So he calls it a tickly hauler. <laughs> He's a like tickly the tickly hauler. Okay. I was like, which one's the tickly hauler? And I was, it's never not going to be funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, David's got the same obsession with construction equipment and cement mixer. No matter how many times we correct him, is Mickey mixer. Which is great because it sounds like Mickey Mouse. And I wonder if maybe that's why he's saying that. But Cement Mixer. Yes, Mickey Mixer. Very good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's an eternal struggle going on with my son right now where he can't land on whether he believes it to be a cement mixer or a concrete mixer. Uh Uh-huh. They're very different types of mix. Oh. You know, he always grew up with it being a cement mixer. And then one day he heard it was a concrete mixer. And now he has to say both because he's just not sure which one it is anymore. That is interesting. Now, that's a good question that I don't know the answer to. Can a cement mixer mix concrete? It's like a fingers and thumbs uh, situation. Right. Where where they're all mixers. Right. But it's just a matter of, is it full of cement or concrete? Right. All cement is concrete, but all concrete is not inherently cement. There you go. I don't know. He might need therapy later. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all might need therapy. Because his worldview is just like, how can it be both? Since this is something that everyone uh, in the parenting world struggles with in their own way, I wanted to take this opportunity to share some tips that I found online uh, about this process, teaching kids to speak, how to make it fun for them, how to make these things you're teaching them stick. And this list I'm going to share comes from teachinglittles.com. Disclaimer, it is a blog that I'm not familiar with, so it is either very reputable or not at all reputable. Um, and I, I don't know. So I'm just going to trust we, that they know what they're talking about. And they're not intentionally, ideas, yeah. Not necessarily um, scientifically, empirically proven backed ideas, but you know, in the parenting game, anything that's an idea can be, it can work or it cannot work. And if it, it works, that's great. <laughs> exactly. And as you said before, Brandon, yeah. even if it just works one time, that's a win. It's all you even need. if it's not a consistent thing. So I mentioned the, like the, uh, the potty train game. It's yep. only ever worked two times that I can ever. Two times. Out. It was just one that's, time last that's time. That's two so more that's than good. zero. Exactly. But it's been months of potty training and it doesn't work yep. 99% of the time, but that one time it works. You're happy. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this blog from Teaching Littles uh, is quite simply called 21 Tips to Teach Your Toddler to Talk and Develop Language. And it is written by Marissa Labitz, I want to say. I may be butchering that last name. But she shares, as you might guess, 21 uh, very simple tips on how to teach your kids to speak and how to reinforce the the lessons that they're learning. And I'm just going to kind of blaze through these and we can kind of stop along the way and uh, and delve deeper into them. The first one is pretty obvious, but it's one that you have to kind of be semi-conscious about. And that is talk to your kids a lot over explain things like use a lot of words, give them a lot to listen to. Um, and that's something that I guess, and, and Brandon, this has been my experience. Let me know how you've gone through this. You have to kind of consciously do that because when they're in the newborn stage, you don't do as much talking to them because they're not doing Mm -hmm. any talking. Like the only noises they're making are crying sounds and cooing sounds. (laughs) And a lot of times you don't want to make noise because you don't want to wake them up. And so as they get older, it has to be a conscious thing for me to like, let's have a conversation. Even if he is not going to respond with more than a yes or no, like pack those words in, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I'm just like, there's times where you're just not into it. You just don't want to say anything. You're tired, whatever. Plenty of that going on. 
But if there's like an activity going on, that's when it's a perfect time to just kind of go stream of conscious. Like if we're playing with some cars, we're talking about like, all right, what are we going to do first? We're going to, oh, you're going to get that car. Oh, you want to put it over here? Do you want to, you know, crank it and push it to daddy? You know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, what about the excavator? What about the cement mixer? Blah, 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 blah. I just feel like uh, even when they were little infants, we talked to them about pretty good amount just because yeah. i don't know silence is awkward i'm not like an extrovert i'm, I'm uh-huh. an introvert if anything which is hilarious after podcast uh yeah. but it's just fun to like look at them and talk to them and even at this stage but i think what works is like activity-based conversation i'll give an example the one that comes to mind is like cooking we let him help us cook sometimes um, especially if it's something that he knows how to cook but like he'll know the steps to cooking eggs right and so we'll talk about it and say, okay, what do we need to make eggs? And obviously through repetition, he knows, okay, we need the butter. We need the eggs. We need a whisk or a spatula or something like that. If we're making them for him, we need cheese because they've got to be cheesy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, yeah. and so it's a, it's a conversation. There's a detail. I could be like, all right, now we're going to you know mix up the eggs. Now I'm going to cook the eggs, you know, whatever. Like you're just kind of narrating. Yeah what you're doing. Uh, I think that's an easy one where you don't even have to like, I don't know. Like, I feel like we as a, as a species just like to, to jibber jabber. Yeah. And you don't have to be an extrovert to do it. You can just kind of talk about what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And that actually was, is tip number two, which is kind of the same as tip number one, but <laughs> if it, only I read ahead. <laughs> right. No, no, no. But it's funny because she could have combined those into one and she, I think so. Well, it would only um, be 10 things. <laughs> exactly. Whoa, 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 whoa. So tip number two is dictate what you're doing. And that's like, it's exactly what you said. It's walking your kid through what you're doing verbally narrate yourself. You know, this is something you can't get away with in an adult conversation. You know, I can't be talking to you, Brandon and say, you know, I'm walking to the kitchen now. I'm holding a knife. I'm cutting some chicken, you know, but with a kid, you have to consciously remember that they need to hear what you're doing to be able to put labels to those activities. So it does help to be playing with your kid holding a car and say, Hey, you know, what is this, David? A car. Very good. I'm holding the car. All right. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to make the car go up the ramp down the road. Don't just assume that they know, you know, by watching you Mm -hmm. what to call the thing you're doing dictate you know even the most small inane tasks you know i'm turning the water on on the faucet i'm turning off the water on the faucet i've got the towel now you know here's the towel you know all those little things help them i guess like put labels to things and activities yeah i feel like one of the most common questions from the kid is what is that (laughs) and it's usually pretty annoying um but if it's not something you've told them about then it's interesting because you're like oh this is the coffee maker oh this is the water boiler this is a Mm -hmm. pot you know and then boom you've given things labels which conveniently i'm now reading ahead is the next one (laughs) number three label everything verbally label everything verbally like what is this that's what this is and so even today um you know he'll just look at something and be like in his mind he's like oh i haven't actually heard what this is what is this like i know what that is but what's that and like an example we were sitting down in the bathroom and he's on his little potty and he's looking across at the big potty of course but the like lid is up and he's looking at the underside of the lid and there's like these little um i don't know what to call them but like there's tiny little raised nubs or whatever so the seat doesn't bang into the base of the toilet right yeah and so he just points at he's like what are those Hmm. And I'm like, all right, well, first of all, I don't have a name for that. So this sucks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're little things, dude. Stop asking tough questions. Um, But (laughs) 
<laughs> that's basically the idea is they'll yeah. just look at stuff and be like, the heck is that? And you can tell them exactly what it is. Yeah. And this is how my son, you know, knows how to cook eggs now or like knows how to make coffee because he's seen me do it a million times. Mm -hmm. uh, and now I make him make me coffee and he's my little uh, barista. But, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Isn't that fun? We uh, we have David do that, too. And he knows like so that's how he's picked up some words. It's just things that we do in the house a lot. And one thing that mm -hmm. we do a lot is make coffee. So coffee is one of his favorite words. Um, and he knows exactly like which buttons to push in what oh, yeah. order, you know, to make the right espresso, that kind of thing. Oh, it's so nice when they put the pods in and like, oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. So tip number four is related to tip number three. Uh, repetition is important, but also asking your child to repeat after you. That's something that I forget to do. Like if my son says something incorrectly, I'll correct him, you know, and I'll repeat back what he said, but in a more correct way. But yeah, one thing you can do is, you know, let's say you're holding a water bottle say water bottle. Can you say water bottle? Sometimes he'll repeat it. Sometimes he won't. But that's one way to kind of encourage the conversation and get them to talk more just by parroting, which is something that mm -hmm. they do a lot at that age anyway. Yeah. And uh, one of the tips further down, I just wanted to confirm, and yes, it is on the list, is about is around reading. Just mm -hmm. I think the tip is basically just read every day. And we've yeah. talked a lot about how reading is important because, of course, that'll help them get new words. Mm -hmm. But there's a couple of books that Noah can actually read. In, oh. in, in air quotes yeah um, yeah yeah where he's just memorized the book exactly the yep. contents and he can read it by speaking mm -hmm. it to me all the way through and they're most commonly dr seuss books yeah so when it comes to the repeating thing it just made me think like things that are easily rhyming yeah. are really good for it because they can easily repeat them and and mm -hmm. it's kind of sing-songy and another one of the tips is around music and so like yeah it's very easy for him to pick up on the cat in the hat because the cat in the hat he sat his name is pat now i'm getting into <laughs> hop on pop um, <laughs> but you know pat sat on the cat he sat on the bat he sat on a hat no pat right. no don't sit on that yep you know and like boom you're halfway through the book and mm -hmm. so he can uh, sight read certain things just from the repetition of like rhymes are inherently very repetitive and it's just yeah. made it makes it a lot easier for them to pick that up yeah exactly well, I mean, which, if you think about it, that's all the alphabet song really is is just repetition you know so mm -hmm. if you show your kid we've got a poster of the abcs in his playroom he can read off the abcs and yes he can recognize the letters but a lot of that is learning the alphabet song that's why kids always mash lmnop into a single letter and why w x y and z and is always its own thing <laughs> and you have to eventually correct them on it but um yeah the importance of reading and repetition and one thing that we've talked about before is how repetition is very reassuring for kids you know because learning new things is difficult and it can make them you know doubt themselves a little bit and be unsure and a little scared but if you're reading the same story over and over again it's comforting because it's going to be the same every single time. So you can kind of find some stability in that. And kids crave stability, you know, as they're figuring out the way the world works. And that's why also they watch sometimes the same movie five times in a row. You know, mm -hmm. um, David uh, went through a phase where he would watch 101 Dalmatians. I mean, every single day. And sometimes he would finish it and want to watch it again from the beginning. And it was because he enjoyed the stability of it and repeating mm -hmm. it. And that was also how he was learning to say certain things. And he yeah. would, I mean, he would quote the movie as it's going, which is pretty impressive for a kid that was, you know, three years old at the time. So yeah, repetition, asking your child to repeat after you. And number five is using what's interesting to your kids. 
you know, and this is actually something that uh, Brandon, the interview that we had a couple of weeks ago with uh, the author Patrice McLaurin, she wrote a book about inventions and she chose inventions that were commonly used in a child's day. You know, you're not going to talk mm. to your kid about a fax machine. I mean, you're really not going to talk to anybody about a fax machine these days. Um, but, you know, talk to them about the things that they use, the toys they play with, the music they listen to, the food they eat, certain characters that they like, you know, make it more interesting and accessible to them. And they'll be more interested in repeating it, you know? Absolutely. And uh, I think in addition, there's just like a lot of overlap and commonalities with these tips, right? So toys, they're interested in toys. You can use toys. That's one of the next tips. Um, talk about the toys that they're playing with. Playing with toys gives you the opportunity to talk about things. It's you know better than just like um, a show or, or some other kind of game like that. Music, we talked about repetition and rhyming in books. Same thing goes for music. A lot of kids songs have, of course, rhymes and repetitions, or they just literally have like the verse and just repeat over and over and over and over again if we're talking mm -hmm. about some blippy songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's how they stick. But like, if your kid is only repeating simple things that are like always repeated at them that's okay because that's a skill that will help them process that's the bridge they're going to cross to get to reading you know on their own anyway exactly so if your kid's like mine where he can read a book quote unquote by just knowing it that's in a critical step in his development to be able to read by seeing the letters because he's familiar with them and he knows mm -hmm. oh that word is cat oh that word is hat and even if he can go off of the picture you know he's learning the words enough to be able to see them in new places so i skipped over a couple but music toys are two additional kinds of like opportunities uh, mm -hmm. along the way and not trying to skip around too much but another no, like it. tangent off of that is guided play yeah so playing in general is great but the kind of idea is like talking about what you're playing with like we kind of referenced like you know it gives the example of playing with shapes this is a square this one's a circle this one's a triangle the circle is small enough to fit in the square this is how a puzzle works you twist yeah. it this way and now it's a triangle oh now mm -hmm. it's a diamond oh now it's a you know so a lot of these are easy to build on because yeah. you're doing an activity and it gives you multiple opportunities exactly and then one thing that they suggest that sometimes i forget to do is to what they call allow the expectant pause and that's what it sounds like you say something to your child and then you pause and expect them to say something back to you. And I guess the idea there is their processing speed, of course, is slower than ours, you know, as children learning to talk. So they say, if you're asking them to repeat a sound or a word, or you're asking them a question, just expect that they'll need extra time to figure that out. One thing that I found in my parenting life is that if I ask my son a question, and he doesn't answer me right away, my instinct tells me, oh, he wasn't listening or, oh, mm -hmm. he is choosing not to talk to you and he's choosing to focus on something else instead. And what I'm having to remind myself of, and I'm not always good at this, is it's possible that he's just thinking about what you said and trying to figure out the best response. And it's taking him a lot longer than it would take you naturally because your brain is 30 years older than his. So <laughs> that expectant pause gives them time to figure it out and come to actually saying what they want to say. And then they don't say this in this list, but I think this is probably part of it. That pause also helps them figure 
figure out how conversations flow, you know, and how mm -hmm. you talk and then you pause and wait for the other person to answer your question or to, you know, give their own feedback. You don't just talk up a storm for 30 minutes straight and have someone just sit and listen to you, which is something that I will do if I'm not forced to stop and listen sometimes. Um, you know what I mean? Now, yeah. expect and pause. <laughs> Anyway. Yes, I do know what you mean. Yeah, sorry, I just had, <laughs> had, to, had to think about that for a minute. Uh, yeah, I was processing, and I think uh, it dovetails with another item on the list of helping bridge from a gesture to verbal. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we end up doing a lot with Noah is saying the phrase to him, "Use your words." I don't know why. That's just what we end up using. <laughs> we say that to him a lot. You know, if he's saying a word, we will use it to encourage him to say an entire like sentence or explain what he needs. Or if he's doing the like jumping up and down kind of a thing, and I know he wants me to pick him up, I at least want him to ask me to pick him up because I know he knows how to do it. And so, you know, it can be used to get them to try to express what they want. But then also we use it a lot for reinforcing the behavior, whether that's like, I know you know how to say this. So come on, say the thing, you know, don't just cheat and use a gesture. And then on, you know, one additional way that we will use this for parenting is for manners and behaving well, he'll ask for something. And I'm like, can you ask nicely? And you know, uh -huh. I want him to say, please. Yeah. Or I'm like, what am I, what do I need to hear? What else do I need to hear? You know, and like, please, you know, and I'm trying to get him to be like, can I have that please? And again, he knows how to do this, but it's just a matter of like reinforcing. So I think it works for helping them gather new vocabulary and trying to say things as well as can then be used to reinforce like the fuller sentence rather than like ball yeah be like can i have the ball yeah that's actually i'll jump all the way down to item 19 on their list that's what they talk <laughs> about is what they call expansion language it's mm. a you know starting with a one word phrase that your child might say and giving them the rest of the sentence that's supposed to go around that you know so if david says ball I can respond with, do you want to play with the ball? Say, I want to play with the ball. Show them kind of how that sentence is supposed to go. Because just like we talked about at the beginning, we understand what our kids are talking about a lot of the time when they're just giving us one word phrases or, you know, just jumbled nonsense. But it's easy to fall into that trap and just let that happen. But what we need to be doing is reinforcing consistently, like mm -hmm. the full sentence kind of thing. Like, okay, let's start with what you just said and figure out the the full way to say that i think it's that an opportunity a, so yes. yeah i mean a lot of parenting is like it's so much easier just to do the thing mm -hmm. but take an extra minute to attempt to allow the child to figure it out or ask for it or yada 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 along the way and then you know ways that we can help in reciprocating there's a couple here that i'm going to string together in terms of how we are speaking to them is speaking with excitement mm -hmm. not being afraid to be silly Yep. As well as speaking slowly. Oh, um, so yes. it's like you need to, when we're talking about something, don't be like, you saying you want me to pick up the ball? Mm -hmm. You want me to hold you? Is that what you're talking about? There are times where that's exactly how you feel. We're yep. like, oh, oh do yeah. you want to go outside and play? Or like, oh, do you want to watch that episode? We're the one with the thing, with the thing, with the thing. Yep. And, you know, doing that as well as taking the Ama Holds use and making dances out of it and making it into a game. And the one that I do struggle with sometimes is the speaking slowly because I don't think quickly enough to slow my language down, especially when I become aware of this is when I've said something that's actually a very long <laughs> uh, yeah. command and I'm like, oh, there's no, like, 
I already lost him halfway yep. to Albuquerque. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's just not there with me. And like you, right. you were talking about the expansion. Yeah. And I'm like, if I'm trying to get him to do something, if I give him the sentence, but then I realize it's a really long sentence, I'm like, that's that's just totally not going to work. Um, yep. And then I'll, a healthy spend, middle ground. I'll spend some time reflecting on like, how can I shorten this into like a, you know, a thoughtful sentence, but at the same time, it's not like, so what you need to do is pick that up, take it over to the trash can, put it in the trash can and take the trash mm-hmm. can out to the street because then yeah. tomorrow is trash day and I need you to put that away. Yeah. Well, you know, and thinking not just in terms of like how long a sentence is, but like how far into the future are you going in that sentence? You know, what you just said, that's a great example because you're not just talking about the next thing they need to do, but then you're then going into what are the broader ramifications of that and how is that going to affect things tomorrow? Yeah, it's good right. to teach them that, but something that, and I do this too, that I have to figure out is like, they're figuring out a lot already. Let's just yeah. kind of give them the next step and yeah. go from there to the next step. Like one thing that we've started doing that I only started doing because my wife was doing it already is after David finishes his bowl of Cheerios in the morning, we say, okay, can you take your bowl to the sink? Mm-hmm. And after that expectant pause where he can process that and figure out what that means, he'll do it. But if I am trying to say, Hey David, we got to go to school. You know, you got to leave in 10 minutes. Can you bring your bowl to the sink and then let's go potty one more time. It's just too many things. And it goes right over their head. You got to um, break it down. Mm-hmm. Each piece can be listened to along yep. the way. Yeah. What really gets me is um, this makes me think of the opposite of discipline because usually we try to make discipline very impactful and consequence based. And so I want to explain to him how if he doesn't do what I'm asking, it will result in this bad thing like a timeout or loss of a privilege. You know, I like I want to hang a consequence on it, but that's yeah. that's usually way too detailed. You know, like oh, if you don't pick up your toys and we don't put them away in the next minute, then instead of reading three books tonight, we're only going to read two books tonight. And now I've just like gone all yep. over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's like no way he's going to get it. Or like I put him in timeout and he, he tries to get out of his timeout early. And I'm like, oh, if you don't sit in the timeout, I'm going to extend the time of the timeout an additional minute. And I'm just like, haha, what a great parenting move. And right. he's just like, what are you, what are you talking like, about? Dude, like, I don't know what time it is. Time? I don't have a watch. <laughs> I barely even know what a minute means. What do you mean? You're yeah. going to reset the clock. That doesn't yeah. make sense. And so God, disciplining is like a real struggle on the day to day. And like, I can't, I don't know about you, but I cannot get the language right to <laughs> frankly yeah. to scare appropriately is what I'm exactly. trying to attain. I'm yeah. trying to obtain no, like an intimidation factor that yeah. will like resonate. And I just, it just doesn't exist really. Mm-hmm. Cause like the, like if this, then that logic has not, we're not there yet. Yeah. I mean, he's, no, I he's three, you. like David's like three and a half. Like when did mm-hmm. they get it? Like when they're 12, I don't, you know, like when I don't know, man. <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, but that, that is a struggle too. like, because I mean, at least Noah, he understands positive reinforcement. Like you said, you know, Hey, if you go to the potty, you'll get a chocolate chippy. And David kind of gets that to an extent, but it's still, yeah, it's a challenge explaining to them. an if then kind of even a simple two-step decision tree is like one and a half steps too many. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, One thing that I did want to highlight that I think is really important is what you said already about speaking with excitement and that sort of encouragement and motivation factor in making language exciting for your kids. We have found that to be very helpful in uh, David's learning to talk is encouraging him and being really excited and cheering and clapping, not only when he does something we want him to do, Mm -hmm. but when he's able to put it into words. 
it can feel like overkill. It can feel like you're forcing it a little bit, but it really is helpful. And the kids usually don't know the difference. If you are responding to what is a simple, you know, five word sentence with, yay, good job. You did it. You did that. It goes a long way. And it really, I think helps kids not only feel confident in themselves, but feel like, okay, cool. My parents are in my corner. Like they're excited <laughs> for me on this journey of figuring out how to talk. Um, yeah. You know, because everyone needs somebody in their corner, you know, even, <laughs> even your parents, yeah, you, you have to make yeah. that obvious because otherwise, how are they going to know? You know what I mean? I'll even say for getting them to do things like uh, commands or incentivizing things like talking about it in an excited tone yeah. helps it go over a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, like let's say that I want him to stop doing X, Y, Z activity and I want to go to the park or go outside or something. I'm like, let's go outside. Oh, we're going to yeah. go outside. Ooh, we're going to get our excavator. Uh, we're going to go digging in the ground. Oh, I think our friends are outside. You know, whatever yeah. it is, rather than just being like, hey, Noah, do you want to go play outside? Yeah. No. You sure? Exactly. No. Do you want to go play in the sandbox? No. It's like, oh, let's go check out the sandbox. I think I've got a da-da-da-da-da-da over there. Yep. <laughs> May get a different response. And I think that's hard for parents sometimes when you're tired a lot. You know what I mean? Like sometimes like there are days where like by three o'clock in the afternoon, it's like, dude, I've been up for almost 12 hours. I've been working straight. Like, all right, what do you want to do? But you have to kind of force it a little bit and kind of fake it mm-hmm. a little bit. And it does pay off. Like even things that they don't necessarily want to do can become fun for them. Like he is, David gets very excited about putting on his shoes now to go to school Mm, because we're like, Hey, let's go put on our shoes. Let's go to school and see teachers. And he'll like repeat that back shoes. Yay. Teachers. Very good. (laughs) Crush it. Yeah, exactly. It does work that way. You're right. Cause yeah, we'll always do like, before we go somewhere in order to get him to help get himself ready we're like oh before we can go play we got to put on our shoes and you know mm-hmm. like let's go over there or it's like oh we come inside and it's like oh we got to take our shoes off and put them on the shoe rack before we can sit down and watch Peppa Pig you know mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. it is yeah and uh the problem is that it's just too enjoyable to sit back and just you know grind through a streaming session of Peppa Pig uh, yeah. because that daddy pig is just hilarious so you know it's just too easy just to sit back yeah. and do nothing yeah to wrap all of this up in a pretty bow i mean these are things that they may not all work for you and they may not all work every time uh but like brandon has said before if something even works once that's a victory and the more tricks you have up your sleeve like the easier time you're gonna have with all of it so i'm gonna link this article in the show notes so that you can go there and look at all 21 of these tips yourself print them out maybe if you need to and just try them try different combinations of things as your kids learning to talk and take notes on like what's working and what they're learning and what they're still struggling with and figure out what you're not doing like i know that we're not doing a lot of singing and dancing at the same time and maybe that is something that we could be doing more of to kind of get him active and enjoying being physical while developing language at the same time so you know that's all we're saying hopefully this uh has been helpful and uh if not just hang in there keep trying and Mm -hmm. we are right in it with you we know how you feel and uh feel free to reach out to us anytime if you have questions or just want to commiserate with us because uh we're all in this together so brandon you and i haven't gotten together for a couple of weeks how have things been going with noah it's been you know fine in terms of like him and development we're doing pretty good with potty training i feel like we got in a general rhythm there's still accidents every now and then um so i'm like just really wondering if he'll ever like 
be in charge of his own bowel movements? Uh, uh-huh. Probably not, is the way it seems. But I'm encouraged most days because he can generally go when you ask him to. Nice. <laughs> but even before this episode, it was delayed because I had to force him to sit on the potty. And then, lo and behold, he went pee and poop, there even though go. he said he did not need to go. So uh-huh. take that mm. one, Noah. Got some poop for you there. Mm-hmm. Tell us you at the judge. You can't poop me, if you know what I'm saying. That other word we can't say on the uh-huh. show. I'm not salty about it. Um, <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> but I think I just spent too much time with him lately. Uh, he's mm-hmm. been home for like a week and a half because we had a little bit of a COVID outbreak at his daycare. He was not exposed, thankfully, and most yeah. people were not exposed. But because there's one person who was, you just kind of have to shut the whole thing down. Um, so he's been home and it's been crazy um, <laughs> being, mm-hmm. being the, the stay-at-home child care provider all the time. Yeah. Uh, so much so that I think we'll talk about that in a future episode because it's there's yeah. lots of thoughts going on right now. Definitely. Uh, but I did want to try to pull a happy anecdote somewhere, and I just wanted to give uh, I just want to give a shout out to to my dad to mm-hmm. to Noah's pops because uh, he knows that he that Noah loves what he calls digger shows, so excavators, bulldozers, construction equipment, etc. Mm-hmm. He just colloquially calls them digger shows. And so uh, my dad told me the other day that he watched a 40 minute YouTube video of an excavator, just like tooling around and doing different excavator stuff. Yeah. And uh, he told me he watched it because he wanted to check it out and see if Noah would like it. Oh, <laughs> and he watched a 40 minute. Oh, my God. <laughs> excavator video. And I was just like, that might be the nicest thing. Right. <laughs> anyone's ever done for their grandson is <laughs> just mindlessly watch Amazing. 40 minutes of like quiet calm like frankly boring excavator youtube content and if you don't know about the youtube construction videos there's a billion of them in all varieties and unfortunately it turned out to not be a good video but (laughs) but shout out to pops you get to the very Uh, end thank you pops for watching 40 minutes of an excavator video uh so that noah didn't have to wow (laughs) how's it been going with you jesse oh uh about well Pretty well, actually. Um, David uh, has been making some leaps and strides in his language. Um, he has he's left behind some of those code words and kind of picked up the actual words, which, like we said before, sometimes that's a little sad. Our dog yeah. is named Maya. And for as long as he has known that dog, he has called her Mai Mai because that's just easier for a baby to say. And it was the cutest thing. And within the past two weeks, he has dropped Mai Mai and now he calls her Maya, which, you know, on the one hand, it's like, yay, you figured out the real name. But on the other hand, it's like, oh, man, that was really cute. Is that going away? And it's just like one more like blow to the idea that my child is a baby because he's not anymore. He's a toddler and he's a very tall toddler and very soon he's not even going to be able to be called a toddler anymore and it's you know it's enough to really give you an existential crisis <laughs> but uh it is really cool for him to learn these new things previously if he wants to say yes to a question that we ask him he would have just said okay um because that was like the only affirmative response sure. he really had a firm handle on you know so if it was something he was asking for milk and we'd say, do you want milk? He would say, okay, as if it was our idea. Uh, you know, he's yeah. just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, but now he's moved on to saying yes and saying it confidently. Like, I understand what you're asking me and I know I want what you're asking me. So I'm going to give you a yes. And that's really cool. Potty training has been going pretty well. Um, we haven't made a ton of progress, but what has been happening is that he's very rarely going number one overnight anymore. He's still in overnight oh, nice. diapers because we just... 
we're not ready for like the struggle of waking up at 3 a.m. and changing the sheets on a toddler bed because he's wet yeah. the bed. Like we're, we're just, we're not there yet. But I mean, he's gone maybe the past five days uh, waking up with a dry overnight diaper. So, you know, we're nice. almost ready to make that transition, which is really nice. And um, yeah. the last update is just for me personally, I teased this earlier in the episode. Um, so I am currently in physical therapy. I uh, started it last week and it was after a doctor's visit. And I've mentioned in previous episodes um, how I have pain at the, not the base of my spine, but kind of the top of uh, my waist. And I've learned that it's because in part of the way that I've carried David since he was a baby, I've always favored my right arm for doing that. Mm. And after, you know, now three years of doing the same thing, it throws your hips out of place and it puts too much pressure on one side of your body. And before you know mm. it, you've pinched nerve and it's just causing stress uh, from my pelvis down to my thigh, basically. So I'm figuring that out. And the cautionary tale there is parents switch it up with your kids swap from one side of the body to the other as often as you can. So you are not just stressing one side of your body. And then the other thing, like you said, Brandon, start to train them once they know how to walk, like to go places on their own and be patient because it will take them longer because they walk slow, but like, don't just pick them up and carry them every time just to get from point A to point B faster. I've mm -hmm. made that mistake so many times, like going up and down stairs that now he can go up and down stairs on his own, but about 75% of the time he will not, he will just yeah. stop and reach up for me. And I'm having to kind of coach him because sometimes I'm in too much pain to carry him. They're like, no, you can walk use your legs you got this and uh yeah that's my other tip is like as soon as you can start to encourage your child to walk on their own even if it takes a little longer because yeah they get to a point where they're too heavy to really comfortably carry them no matter how you do it and uh you can pay the price as i'm currently learning you know i hear it and i mm -hmm. think uh sometimes we'll on walks we'll tell him he's like i want to get out of the stroller and we're like, all right, well, you either have to walk on your own or you can keep riding in the stroller. Yeah. Like, no, I want you to carry me. I'm like, uh -huh. it's not a choice, brother. You can yep. either walk. And since you don't want to walk, you're going to mm -hmm. stay in that stroller. <laughs> exactly. You got to play the tough love card with that. Like, OK, you got two choices and maybe neither the one you want, but the choices you got. Before we go, I want to highlight something really cool that happened yesterday. And Brandon, you caught this and sent it to my attention. And I just thought it was awesome. We got a podcast review uh, over Twitter from uh, Twitter user Bex Goose, B-E-X-G-O-O-S. And uh, I guess she is known as Potato Lady and she does podcast reviews. Her Twitter bio says, my goal is to help people find their next favorite podcast with weekday reviews. And it looks like she's a podcast co-host herself. It's just, it's a really nice review. And if you guys don't mind, I'm going to take a second and just kind of skim through it for y'all because I don't know, it just, it made me kind of really happy and it kind of validated like Brandon, you know, we've been doing this for almost three years now. And I guess we really are connecting with some people and some people are actually enjoying listening to us talk about ourselves for an hour a week. Right. Um, <laughs> so she says the title of the show really says it all. Jesse and Brandon 
are first-time dads, and they use their podcast to share their respective fatherhood journeys. They tell stories, swap tips, answer listener questions, and they also make it very clear that their advice is not professional, which, yeah, it's not professional. Um, but there's a lot of power in personal stories and anecdotes. I was wrapped the whole time, R-A-P-T. That's a word that people won't use enough, in my opinion, <laughs> because I have always been curious what parts of my son's development are related to his being on the spectrum and what parts are more universal. I'm the only one of my siblings and cousins to have kids, so I have little to no experience with small children neurodivergent is all I know. Um, so she's the mother of a neurodivergent child. Uh, she says, their stories made me feel more at ease, like I was part of a parenting team. The sense of camaraderie between the hosts and their listeners is a soothing balm when you've been up all night and the bags under your eyes could carry groceries. In fact, I was listening to their podcast while waiting for my child to fall asleep at 1 a.m. Highly recommend to parents everywhere. And uh, Brandon, then she tagged your Twitter as well as our Twitter. And I mean, that's just some of the nicest stuff I've ever heard anyone say about the show. And it just it made my heart go three sizes. And I just wanted to say thank you to Bex. Um, we really appreciate all of that. Yep. Go check it out on Twitter at Pod. Not podcast, because Twitter, it's, it's got a character limit there. Yeah. Uh, but there's also some really cool artwork, which we shared on Facebook, which I mean, yeah. like, just brava to the- I like, know. Or bravo. Bravo yeah. to the amazing artwork. Uh, mm -hmm. That made me like really happy as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing about it too is um, that is something that I think we do try to do is make a connection to the listener, like make it feel like we're not just talking at you. We want to involve you. And that's why we have the Facebook group, Dad's Planning a Parenting Group, so that, you know, you as a listener can talk back to us and we can get your feedback and answer your questions and, you know, even get tips from you guys. Because obviously, as we admit, we don't have all the answers. We half the time don't know what we're talking about. And we're just sharing information from more knowledgeable people. So that's what we're trying to do. And I'm, I just, I'm very excited to hear that uh, for at least Bex uh, and some others who have said this, uh, that it's, that it's paying off. So thank you, Bex. And Brandon, I wanted to mention this. I totally forgot about this. Um, the last episode, our interview with author Patrice McLaurin was our 100th full length episode. What? Yeah. You gotta be kidding me. Wow, we are so on top of our game, guys. <laughs> I know. Uh, we could not be more parent level where we're just like, oh, major milestone. Like, oh, it's behind me now. Whoops. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, I just thought that was cool. Um, you know, if we had put more forethought into it, maybe we would have planned like a 100th episode extravaganza, you know, a, a looking back on 100 weeks of dad's splaining. I don't know. Um, maybe we'll do it on like the 100 and eighth episode because that's pretty typical for parenting where we're mm -hmm. you know several weeks behind yeah. um and we'll just do it whenever we remember exactly like so many things <laughs> but for now i think uh we will take this opportunity to close this week's episode of dad splaining thank you all so much for joining us on the journey between this episode and next week's episode brandon once again where can our listeners find us if you want to listen to all 100 and counting episodes uh -huh. of dad splaining please give us a like or a follow on facebook twitter and instagram at dad splaining podcast you can contact us directly dad splaining podcast at gmail.com and then you can check out this and every episode anywhere you get your podcasts and we do mean anywhere you get your podcast speaking of anywhere i noticed this past week that we have cracked 900 followers on spotify that's something i'm very excited about so if you are one of our spotify listeners and if you are one of our spotify followers we want to give you an extra special thank you for being along for the ride 
Please subscribe to us on the podcasting platform of your choice. We would love you if you would leave a rating and a review. And be sure to tune in to our Facebook Lives. Every week when we record an episode, we record it live over Facebook. So you get to hear all of the mistakes we make and all of the things where we get into a topic and we realize we don't know what we're talking about. I edit those out of the full-length published episode, but you get the uncut raw stuff if you follow us on Facebook. So be sure to do that. And until next time, I'm Jesse. And I'm Brandon. And uh, Brandon, why was the alligator late to work? Because he forgot his Crocs. Nope, because he was swamped. Nice. Uh, uh, so alligators are the ones that prefer to be in water. Got it. Oh, uh, actually, I don't know. Maybe maybe that should be crocodile. <laughs> I gotta I be honest. I'm 30 years remember. old. I don't know the difference There's, between an alligator and a crocodile. But everyone go home and think about that. Exactly. All right, folks, we'll catch you next time. The advice and opinions expressed on Dadsplaining are solely those of its hosts and guests and should not be substituted for the advice of professionals. If you have a serious concern about the health or development of your child, please consult with your pediatrician. If you're experiencing an emergency, please call 911. Don't listen to us. We're really just good for dad jokes. If you're enjoying Dadsplaining, you might enjoy this other podcast from our friends here at WSB Radio. Hello, friends. This is Jared Yamamoto from the Power Pod, and we are a weekly recap show where we cover the current events of the week. And of course, during these times, COVID 19 is on everybody's mind. We will cover the good, the bad, and the ugly regarding this crisis. We will be serious with the coronavirus, but we will also find ways to have fun with it as well. So be sure to check us out Saturdays from 11 to noon and Sunday mornings from 9 to 11 on 98.7 FM and AM 1340 WGAU or grab the PowerPod podcast on any of your favorite podcast providers or your favorite smart speaker.